need connection, accountability, support as you explore the next level version of you, give yourself a real gift this year, the gift of time. The Warrior Women Mastermind is starting again in January, a curated group of six amazing women in a safe, collaborative setting. Think you don't have enough time? The money? Wrong. Ask yourself if you're worth three hours a month and $25 a day. The biggest discovery some of the women who sign up for my mastermind figure out is they have so much in common with other women and that they have traded their worth for a to-do list. Set up your interview call with me by going to lizswadek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Space is limited and will sell out fast. Don't miss this opportunity to put yourself first. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. Today, you're going to discover your elemental self. My guest today is helping us figure out our missing element, which could be our hidden strength. As we dive into the Tao of creativity. All five Chinese elements are contained within our energy system, and we each embody a primary element which defines our natural strengths and a weak or missing element which reflects our untapped potential. When you embrace your missing element, whether it's water, wood, fire, earth, or metal, you can pull yourself out of a rut and bring more harmony and success into your life and work. Which element are you operating in primarily? Which one may be missing? Let's find out today. I love new ways to get creatively inspired. It's raining in LA today, which means the whole city is shut down. But it's a great day to be cozy and creative. But first... All right, Carrie Murray is back with the Bra Network. Carrie, I heard you have some news for us. Last time you came on and you t- we talked about the Bra Network, this time you're expanding? What's going on? Huge, exciting news. We're growing, we're getting bigger. We have new members coming in from all over the country. So now we're getting back to having in-person events and they're coming to a city near you. We've got them in Houston, Austin, Boston, Portland, Ventura, Orange County, San Diego. We're coming for you. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So you can live anywhere. I love this. So Carrie, what do you think it is about Bra Network that makes it so special? Well, why don't I ask you? You've been a huge cheerleader for me, a huge champion for the women of this network. What do you like about Bra Network? Oh my gosh, Carrie. Well, if I mean, put me on the spot, why don't you? But I will say that I love the collaborative nature of everything Bra stands for. Whether we're hiring each other, whether we're going to events together, we're referring clients to each other. It's just a good feeling to collaborate and be in the space with some dynamic women. We can learn about money. We can learn about business. We can learn about LinkedIn. But we also can learn about 
spirituality or we can learn about self-care. So you really have something for everyone. I think it's really one of the best networking groups out there, which is why you know I'm your biggest fan. Why, thank you. (laughs) So everybody needs to join the Bra Network. Join now because the prices are increasing and it's coming to a city near you. So let's go. Warrior 2. Where do they go, Carrie? How do they join? Good question. Bra-network.com and use that code WARRIOR2 for 20% off. All right, everybody, today on the show, my friend, Tisha Morris. Tisha is an entertainment attorney and the author of five books, including her most recent release, Missing Element, Hidden Strength, which applies all five elements to unlock your full creative potential. Tisha is also a feng shui expert who has been featured on ABC's Live with Kelly and Ryan, Hay House Radio, Today.com, El Decor, ABC News, and Well and Good. And she holds a degree in law, economics, and interior design, as well as certifications in yoga, feng shui, and coaching. Tisha is originally from Nashville and now lives in Ojai, California with her fabulous wife, who I know very well, astrologer and author, Rachel Lang, who you know from the podcast. You guys know her episode. Welcome to the show, Tisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always wonderful to be in your presence. Well, feel exactly the same and more because you know, because I gushed all about you on the podcast with your wife. <laughs> I know. I listened. I was I, I was a little blush, blushing a little bit. We were like, she's so loving and she's so, her eyes and she's so wonderful. I mean, my God, if I heard that podcast, I would be like, they're crazy. Um, I know. I'm big shoes, I have like big shoes to my own big shoes to, to fill today. So I'm... Uh... <laughs> So true though. Well, as I said, I had your wife on. It's only fair now I have you on, but I actually knew you first, which is so funny. You and I were in a writer's group. I want to get to know you better because I don't know all the things. So tell me about when you were younger. I'm curious if this is the type of work that you thought you would be doing, or if there's any signs that would kind of show the path you're on now. Well, the probably the biggest sign is that I was a nerd. I was a teacher's pet. I was a nerd. I was very I was an academic. Getting good grades was very important to me from an early age. I'm like, I'm gonna be a lawyer, I'm gonna make money. I was very driven and ambitious. So those are all hallmarks that I still maintain. Well, then I took a very big detour into the healing arts throughout really ended up being the majority of my career thus far and became a feng shui expert. And that I did not see it all coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one grows up thinking I'm going I'm to be a feng shui expert. So that really came out of left field. It actually happened around the same time that I realized I was gay. And so that whole experience just completely opened my mind to all possibilities possible. And I realized I had this gift with working with spaces. And that's when I went to interior design school, which then long story led me into more of the healing arts version of interior design. I'm just now kind of merging all of this now back into my lawyer hat and kind of compiling it all together in this kind of 3.0 world we now live in. Oh my God, the 3.0 world. Um, I love that you were like, I realized I was gay. Like, what do you mean you realized? Like, it just hit you over the head one day, like, Oh my God, okay. <laughs> what happened? Um, well, kind of. I mean, you know, it just it took the right person to hit me over the head or you know, kiss me on the lips, whatever you want to call it. It really was kind of came out of nowhere and, and it just kind of awoken this like part of me. Yeah. 
Yeah, it kind of was because the healing arts are, are similar, like you were saying, right? Like I always call this like the recovering neck uppers. Like we, like I'm a recovering neck upper. Like I actually didn't know I had a body. I was like just a right. talking head. Like I, every decision I made was like, it's all up in my brain, people. That's where it all happens. Now I realize like, oh shit, I have a body. Like I have mm-hmm. to like feel in my body. Like, you know, when they say, you know, what's your gut instinct, they're not kidding around like you have transmitters in your gut it's the same as your brain and your gut is telling you things and a lot of people ignore that right so part of this whole healing arts thing is like you're saying like oh it's like a whole other part of me that like starts to awaken and you start to realize like oh my god like I feel that in my body that's not right for me or that that is right for me or I feel like I need a release or I feel or whatever it is so that's really interesting hundred percent. Yeah. It was when I started realizing I have intuition, this thing called intuition. And I had an energy healing practice working with you know, invisible energies. It was a whole, like, it was pretty out there for, for an attorney. Yeah. Yes. Well, I was going to say, it's not every day that a lawyer is also a <laughs> feng shui ex- expert and energy healer. It sounds like your career path has been like a total dichotomy. Like how did you even align these two things? Well, when my first practice for my first career as an attorney that that went for about three years until I realized I completely did not like it whatsoever. At the time I was doing bankruptcy and foreclosure, you can imagine how exciting that would be. And so that's when I went to interior design school and the and the rest is history from there. And I actually, when I moved to California from Tennessee, completely let my attorney license go or whatever the technical word for it is and didn't practice law for probably 10 years. And so I was full on in the feng shui. I mean, I still am to a certain degree. I do more of it on my own practice. I still teach people feng shui. It's not a client business I do anymore. Um, But so, you know, I kind of hit my own interest level, my own um, growth. I always have to be, you know, growing or else I just get completely bored. And I decided I wanted to help. And by then I'd already um, had four books published in the feng shui genre and decided that I could help other people with their creative projects, particularly books, get their books out into the world. Why why just write my own when I can help many other people do that as well? And if I can add that legal aspect and protect women and protect diverse voices and get those messages out into the world, then hey, why not keep adding on? That's so cool because you're like a one-stop shop place over here. And I think it's so (laughs) amazing because so many people do want to know how to write a book. And I've done some of your like writing courses. My friend Tanya and I were like writing our memoirs together. We like met up every week. We had your whole thing up. Like we got, we loved it. Like I really felt like it was so valuable. Like everything I was like learning from you. So I thought it was brilliant. So your latest book, Missing Element, Hidden Strength is about unlocking your creative potential by merging the creative and business sides of ourselves, right? Like the right and left, the masculine and the feminine to up up-level your potential. So how, tell me about this. Like, how do you use your elements to do this? All of these things you just mentioned are, their basis is in Taoism, which is what, where feng shui comes from. Some of you may have heard of the I Ching is like kind of the oldest book. All these concepts are based in these ancient principles. And I intentionally wanted to kind of go back and bring those back to 2022, 20, you know, the 2020s, because we need we need new, we need ancient wisdom now. And so these principles are all about co-creating with earth, with other people in a harmonious way. And boy, do we ever need that now. And so I had had this book in my mind for many years and knew that it was time for it. And 
so this, you know, left, right, business, creative, masculine, feminine, these, the, all these words are just words for yin and yang. And those are really the foundation of Taoistic principles in feng shui. In our house, we want the yin and yang balance. In our own body, we want the yin and yang balance. And so if, let's just say, I won't get too geeky on you, but um, I know I gave you the warning label that I'm a nerd. Um, so. <laughs> you've already told us, you've already warned us. <laughs> if yin and yang were like parents, and I'm going to be very gender stereotypical for a second. If they had babies, it would be the five elements. Oh, okay. That actually really does help me. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. And so some of the kids take more after the mom and some of them take more after the dad. And so wood and fire are the yang, more yang elements, which is the fiery, the you know active energy. And then water and metal are more the yin elements. We all have all five elements within us. However, some of them are more accessible than others. For example, I can, anyone who's known you for two seconds, Liz, knows that you lead with fire, your fire element. You can even, I knew you're going to wear red or kind of a fire color, which is why I wore a water color so that we could create some steam here. So these actually present in our facial characteristics, in our personality, even in our wardrobe. And so the whole point of this book is there's also a missing element an element that we kind of rub up against. We don't, we claim that we're not good at it. We just kind of ignore it, kind of like a shadow side for youngins out there. And it's this missing element is where our hidden strength lies. And so this is really what this book is about. Because when you start embracing that missing element, that's when you start to up-level and take your game to a new level. You can accomplish more, not that accomplishing more is the goal, but accomplish more things that, you are, that you're wanting to accomplish, whether it's finish that book, start a podcast, whatever the case is. Whenever you hit up against like one of your, well, in your work, limited beliefs, there's a missing element involved. That is fascinating. I love that. I love thinking of it like that. And it's interesting because you definitely, so you're a water? Are you a water? I'm primarily wood. Wood, okay. Uh, but, you know, days when I'm uh, like, but I wanted to mix with you. So, so here's, a, this is a great, there's a whole chapter about collaboration. Oh. And so how the two, how two people can collaborate with their elements. So I knew you were going to, you were going to lead with fire. I could have come in with my wood, which I am. And that would have been great. A lot of yang energy. But I wanted to see how the fire and the water would go. <laughs> I love this. Are you? This should be a course. I hope you're going to teach something. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> like this would be a course I would love to take. Like I think this is because I'd love to like practice it. Like mm -hmm. as you know what I mean, and thinking about all the ways that I could use this. So like this definitely is a course. Hundred cool. percent. Yeah. So the, you say that the book is really about reinvention, which I love. I love reinvention. That's all I do with these ladies all the time is talk about reinvention because you know we all get to several places in our lives. Reinvention doesn't happen one time, it happens a million times, right? Like we're in our young twenties and we're like, what's it all about? And then we're in our thirties. We're like, oh my God, now what? And then we're in our forties and we're like, is this all there is? And like, you know, everything, there's always these reinventions. So tell me about that. Like how, and, and I want you to tell me about how the book is really about reinvention, but also I want to know where you've had to reinvent. So reinvention, the way that I now see reinvention is actually an expansion. And I'm almost seeing those words synonymous, expanding. So we're not just changing who we are, we're expanding on to who we are and having more access to all of our aspects and to all of our, all of ourselves, all of our missing parts and shadow sides. 
And so as we access more and more of our, our potential, that's where the expansion. And so it can sometimes look like a reinvention. I definitely reinvented myself. Well, I first reinvented myself from an attorney to a holistic arts practitioner. And then uh, just to confuse, you know, to confuse people even more, I reinvented to an entertainment lawyer back to an attorney <laughs> after I had said everyone I had decluttered all my business suits in my last book. <laughs> like, well, I was right because I don't have to wear business suits anymore because uh, we don't have to go in person anywhere anymore. <laughs> so I was kind of right. <laughs> you were right. You're right. So, so do you feel like that's how you've reinvented like from, well, I love it. First of all, I love it as a concept of expansion because you're right. It's not like you're starting from nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when I think about the things I'm doing now, it's taking everything I've ever learned, everything I've ever done is making so much sense now, <laughs> like right. the stand up comedy and being an actor and mm-hmm. all the things that I thought like marketing and social media, all the things I've ever done. Now I'm like, oh, this is all leading up to this point. So fascinating. So you're right. Reinvention is not like you're starting over. It's that you are expanding and you're expanding your base of what you're thinking you want to do, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm opening myself up or I'm or I am changing my perspective to say like, oh, there's there is more for me out there. Right. Yeah, and that's honestly why I used the web 3.0 reference earlier in that really that is what's happening. We are we are um these newer versions of our old self and we had to have the prodigy in the AOL years <laughs> to get to where we are now and where we're going. So it is all about a building process. And an integration of ourself and also what these aspects that we're not afraid of owning anymore, whether it's, you know, being gay or, I mean, I had a lot of like, well, for lack of a better word, shame when I left the law career to go into the healing arts. I had shame about being in front of like business people and then, but, and then going from healing arts to entertainment law, which there's a huge imposter syndrome there and now owning that I'm a feng shui lawyer. (laughs) Ah, I love it. I love it. Well, I think imposter syndrome is bullshit. Just letting you know, because like, and I'll tell you why, because I feel like they want to give us a syndrome. Like, do we really need something else? I don't think we need it. No, I, I feel like this is a little bit of an invention to really just say, I'm in a place where I'm a little uncomfortable and I'm fearful. Like mm-hmm. I've stretched myself a little far and I got to take a moment and make myself feel safe again because I've kind of pushed myself so far out of my comfort zone that my whole body and, and my mind are going like, girl, what are you doing? You don't <laughs> even know. Like you are crazy, right? So to me, that's just an indication that you need to really say, okay, let me slow down. Let me slow down. Everything doesn't have to be done at once. Everything doesn't have to be like a rocket ship to space. Like, let me just slow down get myself to a place where I feel more comfortable, right? Like, and the the more slow you go, I always say slowing down speeds everything else up because Mm -hmm. my, like my career right now is insanely accelerated right now. There's a lot of acceleration, but I am literally finding so many ways to slow down because if I don't, I'll freak myself out, try to probably sabotage myself and convince myself that I have this bullshit and posture syndrome. So Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. Instead, I'm slowing down. So I think it's a way that women like don't know, they don't know how else to say like, oh shit, I've gone, I've literally pushed myself so far out of my comfort zone. I never even thought I would go this far. Mm. And now I'm like kind of regretting it. Like now I'm like, I don't think I should have gone that far. That's a little crazy. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's great perspective. Yeah. But yes. So I love how you reinvented. How did you know you wanted to go into the 
healing arts. Like you're a lawyer for God's sakes. How in the world did that like come to you? It was an exploration for sure. I was really done with law in that in the ways I knew I could do it or you know be, it could be available for me. And at the time I was living in Tennessee. And so I actually was having some stress-related illnesses within myself from the law, of course. And so this took me down a path of seek. I knew there, you know, knew it was a mind body. This was early, early 2000s. So mind body medicine wasn't anywhere where it is now, but I knew it was mind body related. And so I didn't want to take a pill for that. I wanted to get to the root of it. And so I found some energy healers from the yoga studio that I was taking yoga at, which the yoga was amazing. It was healing in and of itself. And I was, had just immediate amazing effects from it and decided, you know what? I want to do this now. And so I got trained and started an energy healing business and uh, loved it. Love, love, loved it. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. Well, around that time, I purchased this home that needed a complete renovation. And as I was renovating it, I started having these correlating changes take place in my own self, my mind, body, and physical body or mind and spirit, <laughs> but, you know, get the point. And so... um I began to understand how energies in our spaces affect our own energy. And this became actually my first book, Mind, Body, Home. And so that I just kind of fell into it. And I guess the interest, my enthusiasm, my excitement around it just kept me going and kept me going. And I couldn't stop. (laughs) I love that. I also think it's so wild how our bodies will just absolutely be like, if you're not going to listen to what I'm telling you, I'm going to make you so uncomfortable. (laughs) You have no other way to deal with it, right? Like, and you could have actually chosen the medical route, right? You could have been like, okay, let me take a pill. Let me go to a therapist. Like, this is what happens to women a lot, I think. Like, oh, let me go to a doctor. Let me get a pill. Let me change my diet. Let me, that's all good. And that maybe that is what you need. But in essence, what our bodies are saying is like, no, you're betraying me. I don't like this fucking job that you have me in this lawyer suit. I'm not into it. And I'm going to make it so uncomfortable. You have no other choice, but you have to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. The irony is that my dad was a pharmacist. He's passed now, but was a pharmacist. Taking prescription would have been just too easy. Right. Cause you could, you already do that. <laughs> we don't want to like do things our parents like, you know, so it's like you had to do, you know, to do something different than what your parents would approve of. <laughs> it, so we're going to talk about missing elements in a minute, but what do you think is a common missing element that people have? Well, it's, you know, it's one of the five elements and we all, it's, you know, across the board, but what I find in, I work with a lot of creatives and what I find their missing element to be is usually metal, which is the editor, the editing mind, um, the details, which, you know, that's something you can hire. And so some, one of these missing elements, if you have, you can hire or collaborate with others for, but for creatives, I notice the metal element tends to be the most lacking well, let's go over what these ele- elements okay. are so we know, because a lot of people don't even know what we're sure. talking about. So let's yeah, talk yeah. about what these elements are and like what they mean. Yeah. So I like to start with water because water is where the ideas, the intangible begins. It's the element that's the closest to spirit. And when that idea just kind of drops in, it's coming from that water phase. And so people who are dominant in water are the philosophers, they're the meditators, introverted as well. You know, you have to be quiet to hear. And so then you move into the wood phase and that's when our ideas actually start to become tangible. You write the idea on a napkin, you actually start making notes or whatever the case is. Interesting sidebar, since I am an attorney, is that's actually when a copyright in our copyright system, when something becomes a copyright is actually the wood. So you have a copyright. So our wood people, they're initiators. They're, they like to start projects, get things going. 
And then you move into the fire phase. If you're writing a book, this is like the 60,000 words where you're just pounding it out and you have to commit and you're fiery, you're passionate. You got to keep going, keep going. And that's the season of summer when the heat, the yang energy is at height. And so our fire people are enthusiastic. You know, they're the cheerleaders. Come on, you can do it. And then the energy kind of hits a peak and we move into the earth phase. And that's a pause, a rest. Our earth people are the mother archetype. They like harmony. They like things in balance. It's They're a little bit closer to the earth, very pragmatic and grounded. And then we move into metal. And once, once you have your project, let's say you sh- shot footage for a film, and then it has to be edited to a certain extent. So extracting some of the energy out of it. And so think about what creative projects, there's no editing phase, the metal phase, what that would be like. It would be a lot of gibberish. (laughs) That's so interesting because I definitely am fiery, but I absolutely love the water. Mm -hmm. That is like a big deal to me. And when we moved into this house, we have a giant pool in the back. We had a feng shui guy come over and he goes, you guys are going to make so much money. And we were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This house basically is money. Like that pool is reflecting so much. Like it's, he's like, it's unbelievable. He's like, you could even enhance it by putting a fountain in the front and reflecting it like back or something like that. He had suggested something, but anyway, it was interesting and it has been true. So it really, it's fascinates me. And I, I have like, we, I go to Florida a lot for these like retreats and different things I do. And I am every single day I'm in that ocean. I don't really go in as much here because it's in California, it's freezing, but in Florida, I am in that you can't get me out of there. Like I wake up in the morning, I go down. It doesn't, I don't care if it's raining. I go in the water. I go in the water in the evening in the afternoon. Like I, it really like something about the salt water and being in the water. I love being in the water. So it's funny, like people who are very fiery, (laughs) they probably need to like chill the hell out. Exactly. It's actually considered the, it's actually a a particular cycle in Chinese medicine, water puts out or cools fire. And so when you are a fire element is so, so important to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. And I love baths. Yeah. Like it's funny, right? Like I, when you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, like that makes it like a lot of sense. Okay. So you, most people are missing. So most of the creatives you're, you're working with, we're missing the metal. That's right. Now for folks who have a hard time, just have fear in starting a project or getting up, you know, like just to start something, they're missing the wood element. You think, no, people who have like, oh, they're so full of ideas, but they never really do anything with them. That's a lot of water without any action, without any yang energy. Okay. So getting this book, people are going to like kind of be able to unstick themselves a little bit, right? Like if they're yeah. stuck in a certain phase, like, oh, I'm all about the ideas, but I never execute. That's or I'm right. over here executing all over the place, but I'm super messy about it. And I'm just putting everything <laughs> out, right? Like, so you're going to kind of get a, a sense of like where you are. Like, is there like a quiz in there? Oh yeah. There's a quiz. Oh, I love a quiz. Of course there's a quiz. <laughs> Yes. I love a good quiz. Okay. And you're promising me this is going to be a quiz. Yes. Because I just feel like this is really gold, you know, and I know the things. You dedicated this book to your baby daughter, Stella Ray, who tragically passed away. You called her your missing element. Tell me about how she, and it's funny because your wife, not funny, but amazing. Because your wife also said like, she felt like Stella helped her write her book. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me, I love that you have like authors in your house, like two, two <laughs> authors in the same house. Tell me how she inspired you writing this book. Well, this book is actually my project to get me through that time. You know, in hard times, my work is what grounds me and it kind of keeps me here in the 3D. And so this was the book 
that helped me through that time. And so this aspect of your missing element, I mean, she died as a full-term stillbirth. The missingness of that is just something that's hard to even put into words of when you're missing something that never was in a way, except for your dreams and hopes and plans and visions. And so she's missing in such a profound way. And then she's my hidden strength because I know she's one of my best guardian angels that I could that I have a whole team now, but she's up there with that team and definitely a hidden strength of mine that it's she's so hidden, you know, that I probably don't even have any idea of how what a strength she is for me. Yeah, without a doubt. I know that you're as a feng shui expert. What are some of the biggest kind of mistakes we make feng shui wise? Because I will never forget, I went to this conference and this woman, (laughs) I said something about like, oh, I had a high blood pressure or something. And she was like, where's your fireplace? And I was like, what? (laughs) Fireplace? It's a, and I don't know what it was. I can't even remember now because it was my old house, but my fireplace was like in the, like the worst possible location. She was like, no wonder you have high blood pressure. And then she was like, and if, you know, the worst thing that could happen is you live on like a dead end street. And I was like, shit. (laughs) And then she was like, and you live, if you live near a highway, like that is just too much energy. And I was, it was almost like she was saying all the things I knew were true. And I was horrified for years. I wanted to move out of this house and my husband was kind of hanging on to it. He really was like, no, I don't want to move. And I was like, I got to get out of this house. I knew. So when she said all these things, I was like, holy shit. She's like literally saying the things I've been thinking. And I couldn't figure out like, why can I never calm down in this house? Why can't I ever be still here? Like it was just highway was too close. And the energy of it was bananas. Tell me some of the biggest mistakes we make feng shui in our offices or in our homes that kind of could hold us back. Well, it starts with like which house you sign a lease on or buy, because it's really about the floor. The floor plan is the most important. I mean, we can screw things up with our furniture all day long as well, but it's not as, as big as the actual floor plan. And so having missing sections, what we call missing sections from your floor plan. So where it's not a square or rectangle, where there's kind of bites out of the floor plan, these are called missing corners. And it really will just be missing energy in that aspect of your life. So your whole, your, the Bagua map that overlays over your floor plan shows you all the nine areas of your life, money, love, health, and so forth. And so if you have a missing section from one of those areas of your life, you will you'll be in struggle soup in that area of your life while living there. Now, as feng shui consultants, that's where we come in and we try to remedy those as much as we can with some energetic tr- tricks by trying to fill in the energy and so to speak, you know, wherever attention goes, energy flows. So if you put enough attention into that missing area, you can trans- transcend it or transform it. Better yet, when you actually do move, you won't make that mistake again because you did transcend it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So knowledge is power. (laughs) A hundred percent. And is it true that, is it the pools are money or is it more where the position of a pool or the water element or why was he saying that to us? There's a lot of depends in that question. That's the one thing I have in common with the attorney and the feng shui expert is it depends. depends. Right. Yeah. So it depends on the position of my house and the position of the pool and where. Yeah. I mean, pools in general are, are, you know, this, the water element and that's all nice. And, but I had one, one client, a property in Sherman Oaks, one of the hillside properties that had a pool, like one of those um, infinity pools. Mm -hmm. And it looks as though it's washing down the back of a major hill. And so that's just money going down, going out and down and away from you. So like, that's a good example of where a pool was not good. And a pool that has a leak, 
it's money being leaked in some way. So you want to make sure the pool is in good shape. Interesting, right? I remember I've gone to a couple people's houses with those infinity pool and it always freaks me out. <laughs> I never, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, this is freaky. Like it's so, <laughs> like just off a cliff, you know, yeah. like, wow. All right, Tisha, we've reached the speed round. We are here. We're oh, fun. So part of the program. What does it mean to you to be a warrior woman? Wow. Uh, first thing I see is Wonder Woman in my vision here. I think what it means to me to be a warrior woman is following my intuition, despite what other people say is possible. Absolutely. I, it's so funny. This intuition thing is coming up a bunch in my mastermind groups right now. And when I was telling them that it's an actual thing, like meaning it's located in your pineal gland, like this is not just like a thing we're making up, like intuition, you know, like it really is a actual, it's your third eye. It's your, you know, chakra. So like, it's interesting. People are starting to now clue into this is actually a thing. This is not like just like some hokey thing, like that we're just like pulling out of the sky. What's my intuition told me? It's like, no, it's actually a, a real mm-hmm. instrument. And it's a muscle that should be honed. Like not, a, I mean, you don't walk around, people aren't walking around going like, like what are you working on? Tisha? Well, I'm working on honing my intuition. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you know, but it is something you can work on. You can work on Absolutely. tapping into your intuition. And I think what's great about your book is you're kind of leading us to that. You know, you're leading mm-hmm. us to be looking at the internals versus the externals going, thinking about like, oh, like that's interesting. I'm not finishing program, pro, you know, mm-hmm. projects what is missing? Like, what can I bring in? Right. So I love that. What is a mantra or quote you live by? My book, um, after I started actually writing it, there's a quote in the beginning by Joseph Campbell and it's a pretty famous quote and it's can be summarized by the cave you fear to enter holds your greatest treasure. And that cave you fear to enter is your missing element. It's kind of what we've put away. I'm not a speaker. I'm not good at parallel parking or whatever the case is. But it's that it's that it's whatever you're fearing. And that's where it holds our greatest treasure. So that's the quote that's really been been really living into, you know, anytime you have a book come out, you really have to walk your talk or else the universe will slap you and force you to. So I I spent a good year while this book was in editing, really embracing my missing element, which is fire currently. And so here for you, Tisha. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for you. Any of your fire needs. Yes. (laughs) I'm here for your water needs. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's so, yeah, Yeah. that's interesting though. I love that quote. It's so funny. Like this is why I started this podcast is because people like you come on here and then you say that thing. And then I go, that is so brilliant. I want to tell every single person, but now I'm here. I'm telling all the people. (laughs) (laughs) We're a top rated podcast. Everybody's hearing it, but it really does. In all seriousness, it really like these kind of conversations where you say that and then, you know, you take that in, like people who are listening now are going to take that in. Like, oh my gosh, the, the cave that I'm most afraid to enter is where my deepest, my, what did you say? My greatest, greatest treasure. My greatest treasures lie. Yeah. You know, taking that in and thinking about that, right? A lot of the women I coach have like things they're working on in their visibility. Like they're afraid to be visible or mm-hmm. they're, they're afraid to make money. Like they're not, they think they're no good with money or they're, they want to do everything out of being like charity. They want to give, but they don't want to necessarily receive. It's interesting when you look at those things, like knowing that if you go on that journey to what that is, if you go on that journey to look right, that there is a treasure there. Yeah. Like our yeah. thought is it's going to be fucking scary. I'm going to go in the freaking cave. It's going to scare the shit out of me and things are going to get worse. 
But that's actually not the case at all. And it's not that like, there's a lot of personal satisfaction and fulfillment that comes at the end of that. It's not just like, oh, yay, now I have a book or I've made more money or whatever. There's a personal satisfaction because we're accessing all of our aspects. And when we do that, we're in our full energy and power. And that's what feeling and looking alive and being alive and enjoying life, enjoying life is all about. 1000%. What makes you feel unstoppable? It's when things line up in such a synchronistic way. When I'm getting the green light in a co-creative process with the universe, that's when I know I'm on the right track. And that's when I, that's when I'm unstoppable. That is so juicy and true. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love that feeling too. Like where you're like, wow, it is really like all signs go over here. I Uh must be really onto something. (laughs) It's so cool. What are you most proud of? Gosh, you know, being the dates 2022, I think being alive, we should all be proud of being alive now and plowing forward in our missions and what we feel passionate about. You know, I honestly, I can hear myself kind of diverting from this question a bit because I have a hard time being proud of myself for things. So a bit of a missing element here. I think it's hard to distill it down to one. Definitely my relationship with my wife, but it's more, I think I'm more proud of her for a relationship than I myself. Of her being... <laughs> Look how you don't want to give yourself that either. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to celebrate ourselves and be. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. That's why I ask it. I know it's good. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think you have to be really proud of, you know, the way you guys have handled this epic tragedy in your life, the way you yeah. are taking it and making it into beautiful things, right? Yeah. It is really hard that on yourself. Yeah. When a couple goes through a shared strategy, it's harder than like, I've had a lot of family members pass in the last few years, but, and, but Rachel was there for me and, you know, and vice versa. But when you both suffer um, a loss at the same time, you can't lean on the other, like, like you would other could otherwise. And so it's more challenging than I, than one might think. People always say, well, you have each other. I'm like, well, kind of, yeah, but (laughs) it's like, we got two people who are like drowning, like who, like what's happening here? No, a hundred percent. I feel like, you know, there's, there are these things that happen to us that are just things we just can't even imagine how dark or bad they could be. And then, you know, people say like, oh, there's going to be things that are beautiful to come out of this. And you're like, shut the hell up. Like, you know, just (laughs) what are you talking about? And then you see like, oh, wow, that actually was born out of that was a gift she's continually giving me or a place that I get to, you know, use that strength so that I have it, you know? Absolutely. So it is really, it's fascinating. So I'm proud of you for that. What keeps you going when you're feeling lost? I'm so guided by signs and messages pretty much daily. And they come daily too, in pretty profound ways. Like I said, I have a pretty big spirit team and in, in spirit. And whether it's a song, particular songs that play, particular birds that show up, and also my dreams. My dreams give me a lot of prophetic and current and prophetic messages as well. And also just um music in general. Music is like the one thing that I can always rely on to be there for me. It meets me wherever I am. Music is so powerful. I I, I think we, I was talking about this the other day in the membership group, we were talking about music and letting yourself have music because I think 
you know, when you're in high school, you're like really deep into your, you know, I'm like (laughs) writing down the lyrics to songs and I'm like crying and my, yeah, you know, (laughs) and then you kind of, you know, you get older and you don't necessarily let yourself access music that same way where you Mm -hmm. let it make you emotional or you use it to uplift you or you put it on to enjoy it. And like people, it's funny, like, you know, especially when like having like these teenage people, you know, they're just playing music all the time. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I just need this silence. But I think it's so important to know that that's such a a way you can buoy yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. when you are feeling lost, because music is such the great understanding. It's like the universal truth. You know, you go to these concerts. I never really liked Coldplay until I saw them live at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm. And I, everyone knew every word. And he just created this feeling this energy. And I was just like crying because I just love humanity. It was like, I love everyone here. Like it was so beautiful, you know, like that universal truth that we all have pain and we all are working through things and we all want to, we want connection and we all want to be loved and all the things. Yeah. I think you just put into words what I, what I was feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What is exciting you the most right now? Well, while I'm promoting my book. <laughs> Have you heard of my book, Missing Elm? Hello. Yes. It, yeah. Meanwhile, what I'm really most passionate about is the memoir that I'm writing right now. I am uh, just finished the first draft of it and I'm going to go into the second draft in a few months once I'm through the initial promo of this book. But, you know, as creatives, we're always working on the next project. As one comes out, there's another one in the coffer. So this memoir I'm really passionate about. And, you know, even if it never sees the light of day, it's been so cathartic for me in ways that writing has always been for me. It's so amazing that you're doing that. I'm so glad you're doing that. Do you have a title or you can't tell me? Can't tell you, but yeah, I do have a title. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. It's so funny. I love the names of books. I don't know what it is, but like I instantly know by the name. I'm like, Ooh, that's a good one. You know, mm-hmm. like I love that. So maybe you can tell me secretly. Yes. Yes. I will. Okay. Tell you. Secretly off camera. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you for coming to the show, Tisha. Thank you for being on. I'm excited about all your things always, but I'm very excited about this book and this course that I'm forcing you to do. Yes, yes. All right, I'm on it. I'm on it. (laughs) All right. Thank you everybody for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye.